playing this? What I, want, I can't imagine. Because it's a catchy little uh, bebopping tune. You make my streams come true. This song by Hall & Oates yesterday celebrated one billion streams of You Make My Dreams, for which they probably got paid $1.67. Totally. most. A billion. Now, is that more than most songs? Is that the most ever or anything like that? Or is that just, more, more they just than, did a billion? It's more than a lot of songs. Well, I'd say. It wasn't even that big a hit in 1981 when it came out. What? It got up to number five, yeah. but it was never number one. It wasn't number one for a whole summer or something like that. I loved this song the first time I heard it. But. Is it one of my top ten albums, though? That's the question. You see, is it? <laughs> Rolling Stone. By the way, I turn it off. I can't take it anymore. What did Oates bring to the party? And he wrote some great songs. Don't you d- d- impugn John Oates in front of me, sir. He was the one with the mustache, too. He brought a pretty good mustache from my memory. That's I, right. I he owned... brought a mustache to the party. Yes, <laughs> clearly. What do you bring to the party? A mustache. I owned one of his guitars once. Oh, really? Yeah. I saw then them. Then I sold it. That's the end of the story. I saw them together acoustic um, at the Cotillion Ballroom in Wichita, Kansas, back in the day. And they were so freaking good. An that acoustic was, show? They were one, really? one of my best concerts I've ever seen. Huh. They were so good together. They were yeah. the last concert that I saw. They're, they're, really? They're uh-huh. two-person harmonies on their song. It was just amazing. Anyway, yeah. um, that's enough of that. But Rolling Stone came out with their top 500 albums of all time. They do this every now and then, and the list is always slightly different. Um, and... Uh, we talked about that some yesterday on our podcast, One More Thing. Today's podcast, Joe assigned us all the task of coming up with our own personal top ten albums of all time. And I, I, and I, an idea I regret deeply. Wow. That's for reasons that I will explain on today's One More Thing podcast. Sounds like somebody didn't do the homework. Which is generally available at noon Pacific um, uh, at armstrongandgetty.com. It is a five to... 45-minute extra <laughs> segment of, of the show that just is never on the air. It's just for podcasts. So, so I'm looking through the stuff. Oh, we got it. When do we My want... top ten will shock you. Yes. Do we want to reinvestigate Kaka Gate? Oh, oh unfortunate. Reinvestigate you, the naming. Would you mind running these things by me before we go on air with them? I mean, as, as Oates once said to Hall, <laughs> it sounds a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to re- get into that story or not? I don't know, because I got some serious, uh, interesting stuff here, I think. I think when one of the most famous politicians in America unloads in his pants, yes, it is newsworthy. We are now in a constitutional crisis. <laughs> how about, you're, you're certainly in an, an intestinal crisis. How about we tease that for next segment? Oh, yeah, what do you everybody will stay tuned for that. Who wouldn't? Uh, so I came across this yesterday, George Will with a piece in the Washington Post. The fourth branch of government is on its way to displacing Congress. He is talking about the CDC's unbelievable power that they've accumulated in the last several months with this pandemic mm. and the way they're flexing it. And Congress just kind of, yeah, I guess you can do that if you want. You can tell businesses to close down and schools to close and... Tell people, landlords, they can't evict people. And whatever. I guess you can do that. You're the CDC. We're only Congress. You can suspend and enact any law. Here is how far the CDC has gone, for instance. This is about protecting people from getting kicked out of their homes. The other end never being discussed of how do you protect the person who owns the building from getting the money that they need to pay for the dang thing. The CDC's order, 
recent order protects tenants earning up to $99,000 from being evicted from their home. That's almost quadruple the official poverty line of $26,000 for a family of four. And that's a national number, right? Yes. Or, for those filing joint tax returns, tenants earning up to $198,000 who are in the top quintile of U.S. households, tenants must inform their landlords in writing that they have sought government assistance, that they have lost income or received substantial uncompensated medical expenses, and that eviction would render them homeless or would result in their living elsewhere in close quarters. Those are the rules. You would have to live elsewhere in close quarters? qualifies you as a couple that makes $200,000 a year to tell your landlord, and eh, we're not going to pay for the next several months. Screw you and your mortgage and your insurance. Non-compliant landlords can be fined up to $100,000 and incarcerated for up to a year. Yes, for trying them to, in chains. For trying to kick out this couple that made $200,000 a year and said, but we'd have to live in close quarters. <laughs> even if, even if they hadn't paid rent in six months, just because they know they couldn't get evicted in their state for a very long time. We, we've heard from landlords that have had that happen. We had a deadbeat renter that we were about to be able to get rid of, and then the federal government stepped in. They said, no, you can't get rid of anybody for six months. Congress is, as usual, a bystander. A regulation promul- hmm, put out by the executive branch grants vast, almost limitless, the CDC clearly thinks, discretion to an executive branch. So Congress is just stepping aside and let the CDC be the new um, third part of government, I guess. Well, honestly, and we've talked to Tim Sandifer about this. We talked to Adam White of George Mason University the other day about this uh, and other solid thinkers. There are unquestionably four branches of government these days, the fourth being the administrative state, which wields enormous power. It's just bureaucrats who the courts, there's a search up Chevron decision. The courts decided, well, I don't know, Congress passes these incredibly vague laws. We just had to listen to the uh, bureaucrats. They'll say what the laws mean. Two tweets from Tim Sandifer, our friend, Tim the lawyer, yesterday that I thought were worth repeating. This is science denial every bit as much as anti-vax or refusing to wear face masks. Uh, Some congresswoman that tweeted out, cancel rent, cancel mortgage, cancel student debt. I like calling that science denial. Denial. You're you're denying the science of economics, right? The dismal science. Yeah. Also, he tweeted out lots of things President Trump is wrong about. One thing he's completely right about: across the country, students absolutely are taught to hate this country. And that gets into the whole 1619 project and critical race theory and everything like that that's being taught at multiple levels of schooling all across our nation. Uh, very frustrating. Ideological garbage. It is frustrating. And then finally this, I'm just going through my notes yesterday of things I thought were interesting. Somebody wanted to compare two Washington Post headlines, when Donald Trump's brother died versus when well, when al-Baghdadi died. Two headlines <laughs> from the obituary. Didn't see this coming. I know, it's just kind of interesting. Yeah. For Donald Trump's brother, who's just, you know, he's he's nothing to you. What, what difference does it make to you, Donald Trump's brother? Uh, Robert Trump, younger brother of President Trump, who filed lawsuit against Nice, dies at 71. That's that's part of your first line of your obituary, who filed lawsuit against Nice, dies at 71. Now, when the guy who is the leader of ISIS, who burned people alive in cages, yes. 
and threw people off of buildings, etc., etc. For et cetera, being et gay or whatever, disobedient. When yes. he died, the obituary headline was Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, austere religious scholar at the helm of Islamic State, dies at 48. So he gets a much better treatment than Robert Trump, Donald Trump's brother. Wow. That is hilarious. That is hilarious. <laughs> But any uh, pretense of, of journalism is, is dying, if not dead, these days. Um, oh, here it is. Is this it? Yeah. Uh, I just I came across, I think I retweeted it. Um, another example of these, uh, the big-time journalists, in this case uh, Reuters, changing stories fundamentally, but not saying that they did it. Just sticking either lies or exaggerations or slander out there for a while. And then when the heat builds, they they rewrite and then pretend they didn't. Uh, Reuters, the headline. This is about, obviously, Amy Coney Barrett. Handmaid's Tale, U.S. Supreme Court candidates religious community under scrutiny. That existed for a while. Jerry Dunleavy tweeted this and... Then uh, when I can't see it, the print so small. It was uh, hours or days later they changed it to as U.S. Supreme Court nomination looms, a religious community draws fresh interest. <laughs> yeah. See, they got clearly got some pushback as they should have. Oh, and then as we were discussing yesterday, I don't remember when it was during the show. Uh, Barack Obama and Ruth Bader Ginsburg both made nearly word for word identical statements about how their faith affects yeah. their careers, right? as uh, Amy Coney Barrett did. The kingdom of God Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very frustrating. Zero, zero coverage, um, of course. I got outvoted. I did not want to do this next segment. Oh, uh, I might leave the room you, for it. You lying liar. <laughs> <laughs> but the Cretans on this show decided we should take a look at this video of Jerry Nadler, prominent congressman, important part of the left, uh, something that he did on stage yesterday standing next to Nancy Pelosi. And we will answer this quiz show question. When Cal Unicornia cracked down on fake jobless claims, what percentage of claims disappeared? When they made it clear, we're going to get you if you fake this, did 5% of claims disappear or 10? What is that percentage? Okay. The number will not shock you if you know anything about the great state of taxpayer-wasting Cal Unicorn. And the most lowbrow segment we've ever done, all on the way. Armstrong and Getty. argued again during the break to try to convince everybody to not do this, but I've been outvoted, as I said. Uh, well, you love democracy. That's, it's very admirable. Uh, I will tell you this. I don't care if you've just arrived at the hospital for life-saving surgery. Do not tune out until I get to hashtag... <coughs> Uh, I'm going to use a term here, folks. Let me digress for just a moment. That may be surprising to you, depending you know who you are, where you are, what station you're listening to. Our show's a little different. We're a little more frank. We're a little more down-to-earth, shall we say, than some talk shows. Okay? If you are easily offended, I do not intend to offend you, and I feel bad about it because we are more than grateful that you're listening. 
On the other hand, the hashtag Nadler Shart has exploded. As it's an as, unfortunate term that uh, combines yeah. two other yeah. terms. As did he. <laughs> At any rate, what are, <laughs> what are we talking about, Jack? So Gerald Nadler's a big deal in, in the Democrat Party, Congressman. Um, uh, you know, he's involved. co-chair of the judiciary. Oh uh, yeah, he was. He's involved in. Um, in uh, impeachment at the highest level, obviously. He's one of the worst human beings work, uh, walking the earth, in he, my opinion. He did, but. he did say a couple of weeks ago that Antifa is a myth, but... He's a congenital liar. So he and Nancy were given a speech yesterday in front of a bunch of flags and uh, some media people and stuff like that, and Nancy spoke and he spoke, and he, got, he finished speaking and then he moved to the side, and then um, physically what happens next... I don't know how. how should you give away the punchline first? Well, and, I'm I'm a sport. I'm a former sports play-by-play guy. So back it up just a little bit, Hanson. So uh, Jerry Nadler, the congenital liar, rears up on one foot, curiously holding on to the the podium lectern, whatever you want to call it, and then begins gets an odd look on his face and is just shuffling, almost taking like a sidestep, tiny sideways steps as Nancy Pelosi moves to the microphone. He's got his hands still on the podium, looking weirdly uncertain. He slowly folds up his speech, tucks it in his jacket pocket, is staring at the ground. Again, seeks support, shuffles sideways, looking around, and like a man with pants full of poo, shuffles, taking tiny steps toward the edge of the stage. The man behind him at one point had reacted in in an odd way, clearing his throat, covering his face. It, it's not conclusive. But Nadler's physical performance there, unless he had a serious metal, medical issue other than the filling of his pants, uh, he, he absolutely pooped himself. So I've played this. I've had a bunch of different people around here watch it and just say, you know, you look at it. What's the chances that he soiled himself? Yeah. Everybody's 100%. Could be argued you led the witness. Could be. You should have just said, I want you to watch this video and tell me what you think about Gerald Nadler and what he's doing here. But the the internet has spoken, Jack, and he has been convicted. We do have the video at our website if you want to check it out. You have any doubt, Sean, you that that's what happened? You make the call. Can't convince me that it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's at armstrongandgetty.com. <laughs> so, just for chuckles... Uh, during the commercial break, I just searched on Nadler in uh, the Twitter machine, uh-huh. and uh, the hashtag Nadler shirt came up, and oh. this one guy says, kudos to the marketing team at Jack in the Box. I searched on Nadler shirt and got spicy chicken strips. Oh, my goodness. Which is something. Uh, <laughs> Vegas veteran tweets, new rule for Congress. Once you S your pants, you must step down. If you can't control your bowels, you're in no position to make decisions that affect millions. That's a question, uh, questionable philosophy, but a Russian bot just tweets Nadler pooed himself. Yes, well, that's pretty direct. <laughs> Matthew Dempster, clean up on aisle Nadler. <laughs> Koopy tweets Nadler shirt, do, 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 Nadler shirt, do, 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 do. Oh, my God. <laughs> Got a lot of growing up to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people. Grow up. Child. There's a pandemic going on. We're in an election year. Justin Paul Spade tweets instead of <laughs> Oh my <clears throat> Madler Shark dude, dude. Oh, that's funny. 
Instead of packing the courts, Nadler just packed his trousers. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, so childish. Yes. So ashamed. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get through these. Uh, Baltimore Wright tweets, Jabba the Nadler's ridiculous penguin waddle boogaloo. <laughs> Ailey that- demonstrates how one... Oh, gee, I can't even get yeah. through this. That was, I'm sorry, it's too funny. That is some shuffle he does there at the end. That that's To me, that's the giveaway. That The other stuff is like evidence leading up to the conclusion. The the up on one leg holding on to the... The, the only thing that's missing from that is like a hard wooden chair that he would be sitting on. That, that's when you most likely see that maneuver of the, the, the one-cheek sneak. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, Jeremy Adler just added more to drain from the swamp. Oh, <laughs> if, if that's not what happened... There's a serious medical thing that we need to know about going on. Yeah. Yeah, it was unfortunate. Well, he's an older man. Oh, do we have an age on him? <laughs> I can watch this all day. Oh he also, God. he got the uh, stomach staple, you know, years ago, because he was he, a he, giant, giant man. He did. I wonder if he's on, what was that uh, that drug you take that keeps food from being absorbed or fat from being absorbed? Yeah, I've known, That can cause spontaneous and uncontrollable yeah, yeah. BMs. 73 years old. Okay, he's a 73-year-old man uh, who had a big weight problem and got his stomach shrunk down or something. And, yeah, I've known some people who did that, and they can, you know, be heck on your digestive system. He also has the shrunken soul of the Grinch pre-enlightening. Not going to pack the courts, but he packed his pants. Is that mm. what it was? That's fantastic. Armstrong and Getty. He feels good about the mask. I wonder, in the debate, it'll be him and I on the stage. Is he going to walk in with a mask? I'll be honest. He feels good about. He feels good about the mask, and that's okay. You know what? Whatever makes you feel good, he feels good. He feels. I mean, honestly, what the hell did he spend all that money on the plastic surgery if he's going to cover it up with a mask? Seriously. Wow. The whole deal. Wow. (laughs) So, I know Biden got plugs, but... I don't think... Did he get uh, plastic surgery? I don't think so. He doesn't doesn't have that look. He's a handsome devil, no doubt. Um, Donald Trump... Not a joke. So, the the debate is, what, five days away now? It's Tuesday. Um, and it's, I have, I have no idea what to expect out of that. I really don't. Donald Trump tweeted this. The president? The president, yeah, he has a, his own Twitter account. Really? Yeah. Sleepy Joe Biden just closed down his campaign for the day again, wants to rest. He is very low energy individual and our country cannot make it. In these exciting but complex and competitive times, the low energy president. No. So that's kind of a running thing now on the right that Biden closes down his campaign a lot of days early. Yeah. And you know, some suggestion that some days he's uh, you know, he doesn't have the energy or the the mental capability to go through the day. I don't have any idea if that's true or not, but we asked the question yesterday, is that a thing, as the kids say these days, and got quite a few replies that sundowner syndrome is a uh, a tragic part of the tragedy of Alzheimer's and dementia that as the day goes on, the the person in question gets less and less uh, coherent. And um 
I think any older person will tell you that some days are better than others just all the way around. Sure, of course. But the the one thing I don't know if it's a thing, is it a thing that 40 days out from a presidential election you regularly call her good at 9 in the morning? Maybe that happens regularly and I just didn't know it. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I've I've read hundreds of pages and you've read five times more than me about presidential campaigns. Yeah, usually it's just that you, you work... 18-hour days. Yeah, yeah. Every day leading up to the election. But um, could be debate prep. That's some people's escape that he's shutting her down and getting in the room and working for the debate. Right, right. Yeah, I got to go do that, too. I'll see you guys later. I got to (laughs) go prep for the debate. That's what what I was doing. Yeah. Debate prep. Put the lid on my day. (laughs) You know, for the 37th time, dementia is tragic and scary and families suffer with it and it's it's just oh, we all fear yeah. it we all fear it yeah. um but if joseph r biden democrat delaware is suffering from dementia the american people absolutely have the right to know that would you would would people around him who are good honest patriots come the decision that Getting Trump out of office is too important to tell from, people this right now. From their point of view, not mine. Yeah. Y- yeah, they absolutely yeah. would do that. I think yeah. you could be a good patriotic American, and you're so anti-Trump and so convinced he's going to ruin the country that you would think it's okay in this instance to hide this, to not go to the Washington Post with what I observed the other day. I just wish, you know, and I'll bet they do, too, although they're probably in on the decision. I mean, if indeed he is a Trojan horse, he's a good old harmless fellow that somehow the Democrats ended up nominating. Um, but he's a Trojan horse, and clearly his Veep will be president before too long. Or at best, he's going to serve out a term, sort of, with his handlers making all of the decisions and the rest of it. I wish they hadn't picked what used to be called such a mediocrity as Kamala Harris. It's amazing that she... she, she... I mean, you believe she will be president if he's elected, that he won't finish his term. I'd be willing she to wager. Very likely will end up president. And she, among Democrats, didn't even make a ripple. And she was the first person to get in and spend a ton of money and got all the positive press coverage you could possibly get in the world. Didn't make a dent among Democratic primary voters. They just did not dig her act. I mean, if she was a Kentucky Derby horse, she finished slightly ahead of the Beto O'Rourke Oh, well, she didn't leave the gates. She cut. She shut it down before the race started. She looked at the competition and thought, I can't run as fast as these horses. She couldn't get to Iowa. That's all you need to know. She shut it down before Iowa. I mean, Joe Biden was a famously, miserably unsuccessful, multiple-time presidential candidate, and he made it to Iowa every time. <laughs> anyway, debate is on. Uh, it's going to be, I don't I, I think there's only one issue, I think, going into it. Does Biden hold it together and not come off as an old man? I, I don't I don't think the particular answers are going to matter that much, but maybe I'll turn out to be wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Again, I'm of mixed feelings about it. I, I will take no delight in him being addled, but I'm pretty sure he is. We haven't mentioned this for uh, everybody but our uh, local audience. This is a big deal. I think all across the country, the governor of California announced yesterday no more gas-powered cars are going to be sold after 2035. So in 14 and a half years, that'll be the end of 
new gas-powered cars being sold in California. Mm-hmm. One out of ten new cars sold in America are sold in California. Trucks, commercial trucks are like the year 2045 or something like that. It's another one of those aspirational um, virtue-signaling things. He's tasked the uh, the Air Board to come up with regulations that will have that effect. So they will come up with those regulations. Sure. Oh, yeah. Whether that endures over the next 15 years or not remains to be seen. I don't know. Yeah, I don't but, know. What they, but, but what ends up happening with these various regulations is you force the car companies to reach a, a mileage standard. So they make a tiny little car that gets 45 miles to the gallon. Nobody buys it, but they make it so that they can say our fleet average is whatever number it's got to be. What are, what are you accomplishing there other than screwing with the free market and what people actually want to buy? Well, people, you know, you could absolutely make the argument, even as a libertarian, that since pollution is an externality, it's something I do that affects other people. You can have reasonable regulations. I just uh, it's so haphazard and inconsistent and. You know, like in, in Cal Unicornia, you insist on wind and solar power, but there's not enough of it when the wind's not blowing, and so you have to turn off the Can power. Can we watch TV tonight, honey? I'd really like to watch TV. Is the wind blowing? Is the wind blowing, dear? <clears throat> yeah. Speaking of Cal Unicornia, it became clear that the uh, applications for unemployment benefits were full of fraud in California, and in fact, no way. were driving up those national figures you heard for initial jobless claims. Well, <clears throat> California announced that it was going to crack down on plainly fraudulent uh, benefits, and there was an immediate 72% plunge in pandemic jobless claims. 72%. Un- be it leaveable. Yeah. And there are a bunch of statistics and graphs in this. So what's going on? It's simple. It's fraud. As Bloomberg reports, between mid-August and the first week of September, applications for the uh, aid doubled in California to more than 524, far above claim levels, when the federal program first launched in April and the unemployment was worse. But EDD admitted rather stunningly that after taking action to deter suspected scammers from filing false applications in hopes of getting payment, the applications dropped sharply, uh, a decline of more than 72%. Correlation, causation, it's hard to tell. Overnight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We will now arrest shoplifters, and shoplifters uh, stop shoplifting. Okay. But, you know, don't worry about it. It's just taxpayer money. And somebody mentioned uh, on the going all electric cars or forcing people into electric cars, which electric cars, good electric cars, been around for a while. People just don't want them. They just don't buy very many of them. I know that if, you, if you're green and you're into it, you just think it's fantastic, but most people, far away, don't buy them. Well, for a lot of this, quote-unquote, good electric cars have been Teslas that are way out of a lot of people's price range. Tesla introducing cheaper versions of that, I think, is going to go a long way to Indeed, yeah. making it more mass popular. But yeah, it's... Even the Model 3, if you have any extras on it, is in the middle 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, $65,000 easily. And that's the inexpensive Tesla. Uh, yeah, the last I read, I think the, the percentage of electric cars in Cali Unicornia, which is the number one state, and forgive me if this is a little off, I'm going from memory, but it was a little under 3%. And that is by far the highest percentage of any state in the union. And that number has declined in the last couple of years. Yeah. yeah. So, 
That's a very small number. And, and what's always left out is that you have to generate the electricity that you're putting into the batteries right. somehow. To this text, major appliances during the day and car charging at night, around the clock, peak hour charges. <laughs> right. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you do have to generate the electricity to make it work. I, I love the idea of having a Tesla. I want to get one of those Tesla trucks when they come out. I love the idea of driving an electric vehicle. I'm not anti. Mm-hmm. I'm just pointing out that people just aren't as hungry for them as a lot of politicians would like. Yeah, but would you forget to charge your car? <laughs> I would hope not. <laughs> no, I, I'm serious because, you know, you forget about it. You I, wouldn't, over... I wouldn't think you would any more than you'd forget to put gas in your car. I have on occasion forgotten to plug in my golf cart that I have. I'm so jealous you have a golf cart. Uh, you know... Sean, I swear, since I was five years old, I've wanted to have a golf cart as much as I wanted to feel the sweet touch of a woman when I was 18. <laughs> so that was one of your your, your must-haves, your bucket list. Your My grandpa had one. Oh, gotcha. And he'd let me steer and sit on his lap, and, and they retired to a golf community before, well, I've told this story before, before they went broke, but... Um, his uh, short short version of it, his industry changed completely, and his company went from very successful to bankrupt. That can happen? Yes. Oh, yes. Industries can change quickly? Y- yes. I know it comes as a shock to anyone in the radio industry, but... Um, <laughs> But I laugh to hide the pain. <laughs> but and this is this is one of the great life lessons for me. He uh, said that uh, a lot of the small, a lot of my suppliers who I owe money to, they have families to feed, and if I just declare bankruptcy, they'll go broke. So I am going to pay them personally, and he paid them back with he and my grandmother's life savings, and they had to move from a really nice house in a golf community in New Jersey to like a, a, a an apartment. For the rest of their days. You know, that's similar to Joe Biden's story, actually. Is it? They grew up fairly wealthy and well-to-do and everything crashed down all of a sudden. Mm. Gave him a completely different perspective on the world. It was like the premise of the hit comedy Spitz Creek. That won all those awards the other day. Somebody said um, that show is essentially Gilligan's Island, but instead of the Howells, it's uh, whatever they're... I can see that. I guess, what's what's the name of the, the family? The name of the woman, the lead woman in the show, I guess the T-shirt has become very popular. Her name for city council, which is a kind of a, a, a subplot of the show. Gotcha. But uh, it's a message, one fan to another. And I'm, and then you give each other the look, then the secret handshake. <laughs> awesome. Uh, got a couple of things that I wanted to jam in before we get done. What was the... the topic? We could respond to some emails like this one. You two suck. Okay. Did, Thank you for the input. <laughs> did Seattle actually hire a pimp to be their so-called street czar? Yeah, I can tell you all about it. Wait, what? Whatever that is. Uh, it's among, hard out here for a pimp. Among other things on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And we all know this. The left know it. The MSNBC guys know it. This is a joke. If you were seriously interested in any of the issues that have been roiling America for the last six months, you would not be appointing a, an, a, a pimp as a street czar for 150 grand. That's, uh, that's just the usual attitude-striking nonsense 
uh, which is which is why uh, certain jurisdictions in this country are in permanent decline. Uh, one reason China is now the number one power in the world is because it uh, doesn't actually have to pay uh, ex-pimps to become diversocrats yeah. on handsome six-figure salaries that we all know are non-jobs and aren't going to do anything for the alleged issues uh, uh, roiling the country. So what is Mark Stein talking about? Where are he from? French? He's talking about one Andre Taylor, who appeared in the documentary American Pimp, about his life as Gorgeous Dre. He is uh, going to be making 12 5 per month for a year, along with an office in Seattle's Municipal Tower. Um, he is being called, what is the... Uh, a street czar whose mission is to come up with alternatives to policing. He read, huh. uh, he was out in front of a couple of rallies in Seattle after uh, the death of George Floyd. Um, his brother, Che Taylor, was killed by police in 2016. He's super militant um, and, and is called for looting and violence and the rest of it. But then the city said to him, hey, listen, maybe you can uh, work with us. And and then he he decided to calm down and advocate. Hey, let's talk this out instead. But he's some sort of kind of street leader. Um, I was born from the streets. I come out of the deep darkness. He said in a YouTube video earlier this year, bragging how he quote had children with some of the women who were with me when he was a pimp. Ah, uh, that's a great story. And as uh, Mark Stein said, uh, you know he'll draw a salary, accomplish nothing. It's like James Lindsay tweeted out yesterday, a new position that exists at what university is it? It uh, doesn't make any difference, but they've got an, oh, Probably Cornell. Probably all of them. Cornell. They've got a new um, person in charge of taking a look at classical music instruction there and making it woke and critical race theory oh, good oriented. Lord. As he said, step one, music theory, classical music, Beethoven are racist. Step two, postdoc at Cornell to bring more critical race theory into the music department. And it's a $55,000 a year, you probably can't be fired job to, you know, make sure there's enough racial awareness in classical music study at Cornell. Beethoven had almost no black people in his orchestra in the 1860s. Probably true. Racist. We've now entered Final Thoughts with your host, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Thank you, Father. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Michelangelo, uh, running the, the control room. Final thought? Yeah, watch the JFK versus Nixon debate from the 60s. Did Nixon wet his pants? You decide. Mm. Armstrongandgetty.com. Mm. Mm. You know, we, we got an email from our beloved listener. Give me a second. Uh, Sandy said... When you walk, when you see them walk into the room, Nadler was shuffling in a very similar way. I want to believe, but either he pooed his drawers before he went on stage, or he didn't. Right. I don't know. Positive show on our producer. Final thought. It's just a moment of silence for the uh, for the Nadler intern who's got an <laughs> unexpected run to the dry cleaner today. Oh boy, that's rough. Oh boy, the bowels of Congress, indeed. Jack, a final thought. So even the Washington Post is out with a story today that, hey, there hasn't been a spike or even a rise in COVID uh, out of these schools that we've opened back up at various places in the country. We got a ton of texts from people spread around the United States where their kids aren't going back to school until the beginning of uh, October or November or in some cases January. Come on. Get the kids back in school 
now. I have two musical final thoughts. Number one, Ludwig von Beethoven died in 1827, so he didn't have anybody in his orchestra in the 1860s. Uh, also, <laughs> uh, I put out the challenge to the fellas. Um, uh, top, your top ten albums, your favorite ten albums, uh, since Rolling Stone came out with their new list. We will discuss it in the One More Thing podcast, mm. which will be available as of noon Pacific. Join us, won't you? Let's all be there. Can you find that at armstrongandgetty.com? Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Hey, speaking of uh, getting kids back into school, we're posting a fabulous letter uh, from a principal and a segment of the show talking about it who makes a very, very strong case that the kids need to be back in school now. Check it out. Send it around. Up the pressure. Turn up the heat. So much good stuff at armstrongandgetty.com in addition to one the One More Thing podcast. You should check it out every day. And follow us on Twitter for Cry It Out Loud. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say what that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? We are now in a constitutional crisis.